0: What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of B-Shape Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the early morning hours of Saturday, July 9th, as we've got an excellent outing by Adam Wainwright to break down, and then not so much by the Cardinals' offense, as once again, the bats go quiet, and this time they really let Waino down. As he goes the distance, a complete game giving up just two solo home runs in nine innings. And he ends up the hard luck loser tonight as the Cardinals, once again, cannot solve Zach Wheeler. That's been a trend for this team, not only over the past week, week and a half, but also just in general. Adam Wainwright tonight became the first major league starter to go nine innings and lose the game since Adam Wainwright did it in April of last season. When facing the Phillies and Zach Wheeler. So that's uh, something Wainwright described as deja vu. Remembering how he has pitched so well at times against this Phillies team. But you make a couple of mistakes and your offense doesn't support you. You end up with nights like this one as the Cardinals fall 2 to nothing to Philadelphia at Busch Stadium. Welcome in to Be Shaved Daily. Make sure to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Because you're not doing anything else, right? Well, you might be driving. But it's probably Saturday, Sunday when you're listening to this. So, whatever. You got time. But let's go ahead and dive right into it as, boy, the Cardinals just cannot seem to get going offensively. This is now six games in a row where the Cardinals have scored three or fewer runs. They have been shut out now three times over the last six games. And they are 1-5 in five over the course of that span, dropping... From just a game behind the Brewers in the National League Central race. To now three and a half games back of Milwaukee. And the hits just keep on coming. Except for the offense where the hits don't show up. And they especially don't show up in a timely fashion. When you really need to find a way to get some runners across home plate. Cardinals have been just brutal with runners in scoring position. Brutal with men left on base over the past six games. Here are the stats. And I'm curious for Cardinals fans if this, when I give you the actual raw data on this, if it sounds or feels any worse than it actually has been or if it's about what you expected to hear. In terms of batting with runners in scoring position, now over the past six games we're talking, last Saturday the Cardinals had a decent offensive showing in that 7-6 to six game against, I guess that was the Phillies back on the road last week. And so since that game, the six games since, the Cardinals are 6 for 38 with runners in scoring position, which does not equate to a very productive batting average. It's about 158. And they have left 55 on base over the last six games. They've gotten on base at times. Tonight really wasn't one of those nights where they did it in droves, but they had a couple of situations with multiple runners on base, both coming with two outs. There may have been a third, but I just recall the two. And in both situations, they weren't able to come up with that big hit. Edmund was out the first time, and Dylan Carlson struck out the second time that I can recall it happening. And so there just hasn't been the clutch gene for the Cardinals recently. Paul Goldschmidt talked about after the game just about the notion that the Cardinals have not done a very good job of driving the ball recently. He says, you look at the way these games have gone down, sometimes it's just that two-out double or that solo home run that can put you over the top and, and change the complexion of a game. And the Cardinals just have not been driving the ball with authority enough to get those types of hits as frequently as they have needed them over this stretch because in a lot of these games, it's been pretty close. And Ollie Marmel said that. It's been close. But I think Ollie Marmel tonight took it a little bit too far in the direction of uh, just kind of going lip service in terms of not panicking about the recent stretch. And it's a really hard spot for a manager to be in. I acknowledge that because when the team's not been playing well or the results aren't coming but you feel like you're seeing the processes that you want to see by and large from a team, it can be really frustrating to then have to field a bunch of questions about how terrible everything is and you don't feel like that reflects what you're actually seeing. And so you're going to come off a little bit indignant with the tone of the the line of questioning. And that's kind of what I felt a little bit tonight from Ollie where he was a little agitated, it seemed like. Because you think about last night, the Cardinals won a pretty good game in 11 innings, beat the Braves to avoid that sweep. And they really don't, for as much as fans do view it this way, as sort of, all right, what's the last week look like? Cardinals are 1-5. They're not hitting. There are concerns with the starting rotation. Those things really do sort of pile up in the minds of fans. You get a sense talking to players and managers, it really is not that way for them. Especially guys like Paul Goldschmidt, who says, listen, we are going to wipe the slate clean from last night's game, regardless of whether it was a good one or a bad one. That's the way you have to approach it. The mentality that you have to have as a professional athlete, as a major league baseball player at this level, you have to, or you're not going to be able to accomplish over the course of 162, the things that you expect to to do as a ball club. And so you, it's hard to get into that mindset, I think for fans, because while we're living it, you're, you're going through the motions of each game and you're experiencing it. It's just different when you're between those white lines. And it's sometimes probably hard to remember that and to keep that in mind and to try to put yourself in the place of the people that are trying to execute these things. Like the Cardinals don't enjoy going one and five over the course of the past six games. It's not fun for them. And they're still the same people that they were seven days ago. They're the same players or the same managers or the same coaches that, for a pretty good run of the season, have been happy, by and large, satisfied with the way the offense has performed. The rotation, I mean, there are injuries that have impacted that, and, and you could say that the starting pitching woes have gone on for longer than just this little stretch of six games where they've gone one in five. And the bullpen is, is up and down, but generally, you trust a lot of the guys in that group, and I think more as time has gone on, you've found different guys emerging like Junior Fernandez, Oviedo even Packy Doughton coming through in Thursday's win. So these are the still the same players. And when you feel like you're going out there and, and producing, or at least putting together the types of at-bats or the types of pitches you're executing at a level that you feel should be conducive to maybe a, a little bit better of a run they've been on. It could be hard to men- maybe mentally get your mind around what you're supposed to say. What are you supposed to do? I mean, this is six games out of 162, and the Cardinals feel like they're still the same Cardinals that prior to this week were in a pretty good spot in terms of the wild card race. They were right on the heels of the Brewers in terms of the National League Central race. And so they felt like they were in a pretty good situation. Things have certainly changed over the last six days, but you're not going to find within the team and within the organization, I think, anybody looking to press the panic button, it's always going to be a 10,000-foot view of what's going on. It's always going to be keep your cool, keep calm, recognize that you've got another chance tomorrow to go and rectify some of the things that have been going wrong. Ollie Marmel, he kind of repeated some of his answers, said basically, you know, the way he would summarize it is that this is uh, a run where they haven't had things go their way. They faced some good pitchers, some pretty good teams, and right now they're just kind of up against it. No drastic or or wide-sweeping changes that he he sees would necessarily need to be made. However, there was one moment in in the press conference, which I feel like, for Ali, if you don't say this one line, I probably don't end up having anything really negative to to nitpick at. And Cardinals fans probably wouldn't have been able to do so either. But there's one thing the Cardinals fans over the course of time have not liked to hear from their managers— in the post game, when things aren't going well is just kind of the blind adherence to everybody's doing their job and there's there's no issues going on right here. There was one line that Ollie said that I knew that was going to be one that people would pick up on and certainly social media is already not appreciated. I'm going to play the clip from a question that that Katie Wu asked, which was basically what's going wrong with this team over the course of the past six games or so. That was the, the pretty pointed question. And here's how Ali, uh, here's where he took that one. I wouldn't say anything's going wrong. Uh, you tell me who's underperforming. The guys are giving their best shot uh, and playing to their capabilities. And if you look at the stretch, we're playing some pretty damn good teams. So um, a lot of them have been close today. Two homers from their third baseman uh, decides the game. So. Uh, to your point, I don't think you can uh, summarize it in a couple sentences. It's, uh hasn't gone our way. And so really, I understand generally where he's coming from, but the, the spot that I feel like was obviously going to get picked up on is he says, tell me who's underperforming. Well, that's really not very hard to do right now for the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, there are plenty of guys underperforming, According to the numbers, according to reality, what's happening with the statistics in the game of baseball. I I'm not sitting here saying that I can diagnose who's taking bad at bats and and who's not hustling or you know, any of those things. But the numbers are the numbers, and so if you're gonna look over the past six games and in Ollie's defense, it might be a case where he would say, You can't draw a sample size from that. It's too small of a sample to really be able to get down on guys for not having a good week. You know, we play 162 games. That's the mentality of this team, and I totally understand that. However, when you make a comment like, tell me who's underperforming, I'm liable to go ahead and do it. And so some of the statistics that I put into my story tonight for KMOV, and again, it's not like I'm dogging on anybody individually because I recognize that there are impediments here with the Cardinals dealing with injuries and various situations going on. Yadier Molina's still not back. Nobody knows. John Mozelak, you could argue, and Ollie as well pregame today in some of the quotes that I read from both guys seem to suggest that, yeah, they would like to see Yadier Molina back ASAP. Like, this has gone on long enough, time to get you back. Not to say he's not injured, not to say the knees aren't hurting, but for goodness sake, Yadi, I mean, your team is is falling apart a little bit here from an offensive perspective, and maybe you don't have a lot to offer offensively because you, you just aren't quite as durable and quite as strong as as you want to be going into age 40 but at the same time the pitching staff could certainly use you as well and it's it's starting to feel like you know for an injury that wasn't really an injury it wasn't like a sudden onset knee issue that Yadi experienced and so they had to put him on the IL no it was it built it built it built finally I can't take it anymore I got to take some rest but for the fact that the team said yeah go ahead and go back to Puerto Rico and Yadi has seemingly taken advantage of that situation at this point, Cardinals trying to get some updates out of him, trying to figure out when he's going to be back. They don't seem to know, which just, I, it's a delicate situation to be sure. But that is sort of what I'm getting into when I say the Cardinals have injuries and in situations that they're dealing with. And so I recognize that. But at the same time, you can look at some of the numbers that are going on and you can see that, yes, there are players underperforming. And again, in my article for KMOV, which I Would love to have you check out GameOV.com slash sports. Go to the Cardinals tab. You'll find me. That's where I write my stuff. I put this in there. The Cardinals have had 11 guys over the past week, past seven days, according to MLB.com. I sorted it by past seven days, and here's what I came up with. 11 guys with at least 10 plate appearances. Of those 11, seven of them are batting below 180. Juan Yepes was at 179 over the past week and he was the highest among that group that was below that 180, so I put that as the benchmark. Seven guys below 180, three guys below 100, and those are Romine, Kisner, and Edmundo Sosa. In the catcher position as a whole, including a few at-bats from Ivan Herrera before he got sent back down, one for 26, which is an 038 batting average. So, again, I don't even have to name names. I could just talk about You've got seven guys that over the past week are betting below 180. All of the seven are below 600 in terms of OPS. And that's just a quick and dirty way to sort it out. I'm not putting any agendas out on the table. I'm just, those are the numbers. And so you might say, well, some of those guys shouldn't be expected to be doing a whole lot. Connor Capels in that group hasn't been fantastic offensively. Not necessarily a guy you anticipated would be. But that group includes Brennan Donovan, Juan Yepes guys who I understand they're rookies, but they were pacing you earlier in the season. They were giving you some big at-bats. and Over the last week or so, they haven't really done it as much. Doesn't mean that they're failing as players. Doesn't mean that their seasons are over. Doesn't mean any of those things. But you, again, if Ollie if is saying, well, tell me who's underperforming, but I, I don't want you to just look at the last six games because that's an arbitrary endpoint, and it is, I'm not disputing that at all, but it's coming up on a week of data to where you can say, yeah, the last couple of series or so, Here's what the Cardinals are experiencing. Yeah, there are guys underperforming. And then you can take a a grander look at that. Andrew Kisner has flat out underperformed this season offensively. There's no disputing that whatsoever. I'm not just looking at the last six days for him. It's been the entire season, so much so that it's caused the Cardinals to panic and bring up Yvonne Herrera when he wasn't maybe ready to do so, but they had no other choice. They are trying to find some offense, generate something. They have since done the same thing with Austin Romine, and he is absolutely not the answer with what we've seen from him offensively in the short sample that he's been with the big league team. So, yeah, you've you, it's not just uh, Tommy Edmond is another example of a guy who, am I trying to say his season is over? No, but you can even go back further than just the six games with Tommy Edmond, and you'll find that the numbers are not very forgiving. They're not very wonderful for Tommy, who has kind of been taken out of the leadoff spot, been bouncing around a little bit, seeing the strikeout numbers go up more for him than you're kind of used to seeing. I'll just look at it in July. I've got baseball reference here pulled up. I don't believe they have included tonight's game in that. So it's an incomplete listing here, but just in the month of July, 148 batting average, 148 slugging percentage, 179 on base percentage for Tommy Edmond, And this was prior to tonight's game in which he did not end up getting a base hit. So, uh, the numbers are, are even a little bit probably lower than that. So, again, I'm not trying to individually target guys, but if you ask the question about who's underperforming, I will find some answers for you. Uh, there definitely are guys right now that are not cutting the mustard for the Cardinals, and it wasn't 0 for 4 for Tommy Edman. had to make sure I was accurate on that. Guys that I would say, like, it, it's almost easier to give you the list of players that aren't underperforming right now. Goldschmidt, auto. that's easy. They continue to do their thing. Both of them had two hits tonight. They're both fantastic. Arnato deserves to be an all-star. Did not get voted in as a starter. Uh, he should be on the team, though, nevertheless. Goldschmidt, the first baseman for the National League. That'll be Paul Goldschmidt to start that game out, as he was indeed voted in by the fans. Uh, and he's on an MVP trajectory right now, so no doubt about that. Nolan Gorman, even over the last week or so, has been just fine. One for two tonight with a, with a walk as well. So he was on base twice. He's teetering near that 800 OPS mark. Right now, up to 795. Dylan Carlson's been pretty good, too. Just a one-for-four tonight. Did strike out twice. However, had the big three-for-three yesterday. And you've seen him, since coming back from the injury, do a pretty solid job for the Cardinals. But pretty much everybody else, that includes Yepes, Donovan right now, at least for the last week or so. Uh, Pujols, you could say he's not underperforming. He's not done much at all, and that's kind of what you expected in what was sort of a legacy addition to the to the roster. He's bringing wisdom to the plate. He's not bringing a batting average. Hitting 198 now, though I will say, he was about two feet from hitting one over the left field wall tonight. In the ninth inning, he pinched it and gave the ball a ride. Tried to put a jolt into that ballpark that certainly could have used one. Didn't have anything to cheer about offensively all night. He nearly was able to do it. I'm telling you, it was about 24 to 36 inches short of going over that wall. So, He's still putting good swings on the ball, but at, at the same time, you know that you pretty much have to isolate him against left-handed pitching and hope to get the most out of him that way. But there are guys underperforming for the Cardinals. All due respect to Ollie Marmol, who I believe does a great job as a Cardinals manager, and that's what I want to make sure I clarify here. When I see some of the things on Twitter that's like, oh, this guy's a bozo, doesn't know what he's doing, whatever. I guess that's just going to happen no matter who's in charge when the team's not going well. But to me, Ollie Marmel is definitely the right guy for the job. I do believe he's going to have success here in St. Louis. But I think that was just an instance where, yeah, there there are guys underperforming, and, and in his heart of hearts, he knows that as well. And maybe just a little bit of a moment of agitation there with the way things have been going lately, because he's human too and, and recognizes the trends right now. And sometimes you just have to throw your hands up and say, look, I mean, yesterday we had a lineup with Connor Capel, Edmundo Sosa, Austin Romine, Lars Neupar. Those were four of our our nine batters in the lineup yesterday, they happened to win the game. But that's not a lineup that you look at on paper and go, yeah, that's conducive to an offensive eruption. There are dead spots in the lineup right now. And they're they're working through some things that are just really unfortunate. Like Tyler O'Neill was supposed to have been back by now, but he got hit by a pitch on Wednesday in a rehab game. And so he's been out for the last couple of days and probably will be through at least the weekend and then maybe early next week. There was no fracture on that wrist when he got hit by the pitch. Everything came back negative, but at the same time, going to have to wait for swelling to go down, things of that nature. And so they were. that's a guy who I know he hasn't done it on the season for the for the full 2022, but that's a guy in Tyler O'Neill who is absolutely capable of being a primary driver of your offense, a run producer who had an on-base percentage, or pardon me, an OPS last year of 9-12, finished top 10 in the MVP vote for a reason and not to mention what he brings defensively with a two-time Gold Glove winner. But he did some of that kind of stuff in a short stint in June between the two IL stints that he's had. He was OPSing around 900 for that 12 games or so where he came back from the first injury, which was the shoulder, I believe, and then he went back on the IL with the, the hamstring or the quad or whatever it was, the soft tissue. And so O'Neill could certainly come back, and it's plausible that he locks it in, and ends up being the cleanup hitter, the number five hitter, whatever you want to do with the lineup adjustment. But the Cardinals have been sorely lacking because if, if you keep getting hits for Goldsmith and Arnauto, there's nobody behind those guys to drive them in right now. And that's where they're really missing Tyler O'Neill. So there are explanations for things, but at the same time, the standings stop for no man. You have to be able to, to keep pace in this division if you want to be in the race at the end of the day at the end of the season at the end of six months regardless of what injuries or what situations you're going through that's the reality of the situation for the cardinals at this point in time now Corey dickerson i think will be rejoining the team he's already back with the team but i think he's going to be activated on saturday uh which means probably so long connor capel they could go so long newt bar if they want i think at the end of all of this when tj mcfarland returns which he pitched an inning believe he gave up a run with memphis on Friday night, but he's working his way back from COVID. When he comes back, I think it's potentially Connor Capel that gets DFA'd. Somebody's got to get DFA'd. Maybe it's somebody from the minors like James Nail. Clearly, though, with the move that they made today, they don't want to subject Nail to waivers. Remember the local kid, the Missouri boy, who actually did a nice little job for the Cardinals out of the bullpen last week or two, but he ended up going back to Memphis on Friday because of the activation of Hennessy Cabrera from the injured list, not technically the COVID list, but I I think it was definitely COVID related with the way that uh, they, they progressed through that, those protocols there. And so he's back now. And the reason that you know is because he was on the non-designated injured list. And because of that, and when it's COVID or when it's COVID related, whether it's an exposure a positive test, whatever the case might be, you don't have to count that player against your 40-man roster. But when he comes back, you do. And the Cardinals called up James Nail and they called up Connor Capel in similar fashions where, okay, once people return from that non-designated injured list, you're going to have to trim that 40-man back down. And so what happened on Friday is Angel Rondon ends up getting the boot. He goes DFA. And I bet he's somebody that ends up getting picked up. But the Cardinals are are maybe gambling that he won't. He hasn't been great for Memphis' this season. ERA a little bit higher than four, mostly as a relief pitcher. But you remember earlier in the season when Steven Matz had his injury, he went down after just two pitches. I believe it was in Pittsburgh. And Angel Rondon happened to be with the team at the time, and he threw five scoreless innings, never to be heard from again. But that was something like, man, you think over the last few weeks with the struggles they've had, it worked out well enough when they reluctantly finally called Junior Fernandez back up. He had never given up an earned run this season, but... It's like they wanted to, they didn't trust that he could do the job, and so for the longest time, he was toiling away in Memphis, not pitching that well, but it's like, it's a different intensity. It worked for Jack Flaherty, or he thought it would. Like, hey, we want him to experience the intensity of MLB pitching. Well, for Junior Fernandez, it's exactly what they did, and finally, it clicked for him for whatever reason, and he's been a mainstay in the bullpen ever since. They never did give Angel Rondon that chance, and I think that was probably a mistake. I know that There are just circumstances sometimes that surround calling a guy up where, well, if he's pitched in the last day or two and he's not fresh, that's not the arm you're going to go for. And so it just never really worked out for Rondon to make his way back. But I think it's kind of a bummer. This season, he had that five innings of scoreless baseball. Over the course of his Cardinals career for two years, he only appeared in three MLB games, total of seven innings, zero runs allowed. So he did a nice job and yet never really got uh, the opportunity for, for any traction and so we'll see if he ends up going anywhere else via the waivers situation or if the Cardinals are able to keep him stashed at AAA. But if anybody wants to claim him, I, I mean, it's an arm. And, and this time of year, certainly people are looking for arms and he could be a viable one for somebody's bullpen. And so it may be the end of the line for Anhel Rondon with St. Louis. Uh, but they may need to make another move like that when McFarland returns from the COVID list. And then Corey Dickerson, just is not a 40-man related issue, but tomorrow... I think he will be activated. I don't know what you can expect from him, but at this point with the way the offense is performing, I'd throw him in the lineup immediately and play him. Uh, I'd play him over Newt Bar right now because we've we've now gotten to see more of Newt Barr. It's just not happening for him this year for whatever reason. Connor Capel is not the answer, uh, and so he'll probably be demoted with the activation of Dickerson. But if you've got a couple more days before O'Neill gets back, you might as well see what you have in Dickerson because he could be a guy that gets DFA'd down the line So play the heck out of him, especially when there seems to be no better options. Nobody's hitting anyway. So this is the one scenario where I would actually say, yeah, see if, can't believe I'm about to say, but see if Corey Dickerson can get you hot and get the offense back on track. Those are the kind of quandaries the Cardinals are faced with right now. And uh, it could end up being a long week and a long homestand if they're not able to get things going offensively. Obviously, from a pitching perspective tonight, not a whole lot to talk about in terms of Adam Wainwright. He was great. He was fantastic. He was efficient. He was often in that situation that he likes to be in where the inning that he's in matches the pitch count. So after five innings, he was at like 56 pitches. You got that first digit, it's a five, and he almost was able to pull it off. Didn't get the Maddox tonight, uh, which obviously would be with a, a shutout as well, I believe, you would need to do to have the Maddox designation, but under 100 pitches. Ended up throwing 103 through nine full innings. Gave up the two runs, uh, two mistakes that he made to bomb. He said, uh, Alec Baum, Boom, bam I, I never know how to say this guy's name. Regardless, said that the first one was a mistake he left over the middle too much. And then he said, the curveball, I'm not really sure. Uh, I never expect anybody to hit my curveball out. I'm always surprised when that happens. And so I'll have to go back at the tape and look at that one. Uh, that was the second one that he hit, I believe. And it's just one of those things. Like, Wainwright was super good. He falls to 6-7 and seven on the season. It just doesn't seem fair. ERA at 3.15. He's been really good at age 40, continuing to do what he does. And in this case, it just was the offense that lets him down. Good to see, though, that the bullpen doesn't need any usage. They should be fresh and ready to go for the remainder of the weekend. And we'll see whether or not they end up needing to be utilized a little bit more heavily. It's going to be an afternoon game, of course, on Saturday. Dakota Hudson really needs to get the job done this time. It's been a really rough start for him. Uh, not a not a rough start, but a rough stretch over the last four or five games. Uh, that he would really like to try and find a way to turn things around. Looking at the Phillies lineup, they've got Reese Hoskins, Kyle Schwarber, JT Realmuda with some decent numbers, but a very small sample size against Dakota Hudson. He's six and five, four point two nine ERA on the season. He'll oppose Kyle Gibson, four and three with a four point nine one earned run average for the Philadelphia Phillies. Should be a game that the Cardinals can fare pretty well, I think. This is one where the offense could potentially bounce back. Not a whole lot of experience for these guys against Kyle Gibson, but Arnato Gorman, Goldsmith, these guys have faced him a little bit. Uh, Nolan Gorman has a home run off of him, hit the homer off of Kyle Gibson last weekend, and so he's one for one in his career with Obomsky. Paul Goldsmith's two for two. We'll see what ends up coming about there. Arenado, Dylan Carlson, also small sample sizes, but have homered against Kyle Gibson, as has Juan Yepes. So this could be a chance for the Cardinals to maybe get that offense going, start driving the ball a little bit, the way that Paul Goldschmidt said tonight that he'd like to see them be able to do a little bit more. I see homers scattered throughout this lineup. Hopefully they're able to get the balls flying out a little bit on Saturday afternoon get back to the winning ways because right now the brewers are playing the pirates. And so, you know that they're probably going to come up with a couple more wins this weekend. And you've got to find a way to keep pace as best as you can heading into that all-star break. So that's going to do it for this edition of B shaped daily. I'll try to get back with you guys tomorrow on Saturday evening to break down Saturday's game. If it ends up being a compelling one, even though it is the weekend, I do want to try and live up to that mantra of B shaped daily. So appreciate you guys for listening as always. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast once again if you've never done so. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts as well. Thanks once again, and we'll talk to you next time on Be Shafe Daily. Peace.